Hello, everyone. My name is Shirley Lay, she, her pronouns, and I'm a principal at BIPOC Executive Search. Welcome to my 10-part video series titled In Community with Shirley Lay, where I hold space for conversations about the reimagination of workplaces as sites for pleasure, joy, and liberation. Through deconstructing conversations and liberative storytelling, I'll be inviting us to express our counter-narratives as human beings solidly rooted in centuries of cultural wisdom. Over the course of the pandemic, you have likely been bombarded with an immense amount of information on how best to maintain health and wellness during difficult times. Given my professional background in mental health, I'm always eager to learn about creative and innovative ways of achieving health and healing. Unfortunately, much of the dialogue trending now is centered on Eurocentric ways of being and doesn't necessarily reflect the realities of the people of the global majority, those resisting against the dominance of European influence. For instance, within individualistic cultures like Canada and the United States, wellness is perceived as an individual pursuit that can be attained through individual effort which is partly why self-care and self-improvement interventions are seen as effective approaches for maintaining health and wellness. However, I was never able to find meaning or resonance in these approaches to health and wellness. As a person of Chinese heritage, I was raised in a predominantly collectivistic culture that maintains that I'm only well when the needs of the group are met. Wellness is deeply tied to the quality of the bonds and relationships with family, social groups, and the community. It is unsurprising that the more I focused on myself, the more I felt disconnected from my identity, my ancestry, and ultimately my life purpose. Unfortunately, such experiences are further exacerbated when I find myself in work environments that do not allow me to build the type of relationships that I need to feel seen and heard as a cultural being. This not only negatively impacts my ability to reach my highest potential, but leaves me feeling inadequate and inferior. To ensure that I'm protected against such experiences, it's important that I enact thrivance, a term defined by Dr. Andrew Jolivet an Afro-Indigenous researcher and educator as a pursuit of transforming trauma and vulnerabilities into moments of possibility. Thrivance is about giving myself the permission to take up space, to be seen, and to have my voice represented. To achieve this, I draw on the wisdom of clinical psychologists Dr. Adamus, Hector Adamus, and Nayeli Chavez Duenas, and feminist writer and independent scholar Sarah Ahmed who've crafted several strategies to support BIPOC individuals in showing up as their most authentic selves. These scholars encourage the intentional construction of a thrivance kit, one that includes people and other living beings and tangible and intangible objects, such as fantasies, thoughts, and dreams, humor, joy, feelings, and movement. To give you a better sense of what a thrivance kit could look like, I'd like to share mine with you all today. My Thrivance Kit includes an informal advisory board that's comprised of people who I trust and respect. When I'm trapped in a perpetual state of self-doubt and criticism, I consult with them to obtain their validation and support. 
These are the individuals who affirm my humanity and allows me to feel like a somebody in their lives. My pets are my sources of infinite joy and pleasure. They're the best teachers in how to live in the present and to forgive and let go. My thriving skits also includes tangible and intangible objects. I have some handcrafted items that were offered to me by people who have engaged in meaningful collaborative work. Their gifts are important to me because of the time and care they took to craft these objects as a reminder of how our relationship mattered and made a difference to us. My thriving skit also includes items that were gifted to me during my most desperate and despairing moments in life. The sentiment behind these items is indescribable, as they're reminders that friendship and kindness can still exist when all hope is lost. With respect to intangible objects, I'm, ve- I'm a very imaginative person who enjoys conjuring up memories and images of experiences that give me abundant joy, life, and pleasure. I engage in humor, play, and fun quite a bit. To achieve this, I call on my inner child to come out to play with others when it's safe to do so. For instance, I might challenge someone to a staring contest or tell them about the most recent episode of a Sesame Street that had all its characters on a Zoom call. I engage in movement by dancing, swaying, and humming to a song that moves my soul. Finally, my Thrivance Kit has room for deep emotional experiences. I honor my emotions by letting myself cry or be angry with someone who I feel safe with and can handle my emotions. Take time to carefully curate and craft your own Thrivance Kits as they can become a life-saving line when working in spaces that don't allow you to be your most authentic selves that are oppressive and take your power away, and that do not reflect the realities of your cultural needs. In these moments, self-preserve and survive by activating your Thrivance kits. Take time to touch and hold onto objects of meaning and significance. Engage with life-giving relationships and tap into centuries-old ancestral and cultural wisdom that supports healing with intentional engagement and supportive community. You too will be able to enact Thrivance. That's all for today, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Let's all continue to work towards building a work community that allows us to be safe, seen, and heard. See you next time.